So Philippians 4, first nine verses. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. I entreat Yodia and I entreat Syndike to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have laboured side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honourable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. You're celebrating two years of being together. Now, I don't want to throw a wet blanket on it, but church planting is hard yakka. I mean, my first church plant in Fremantle was a dismal failure. My bad. There are lots of things I learned from that. One of the things that I learned from it is not to keep the peace, because that just inevitably means you're postponing the war, but to make peace. You know, it's very hard to have an argument with someone when you pray for them. It's impossible to have an argument with them when you pray with them. So prayer figures very heavily into what we do as church planters. Did you all know that you're church planters? You're the first generation of those gathered together in New City Presbyterian Church. And for those who come in after you, you'll come alongside them and help them along like big brothers and big sisters. And you'll see your neighbors, and if you're loving your neighbor as yourself, you'll be spending some time with them, drinking coffee and talking about life and the gospel, and maybe even bringing them along to church or Bible study. You're church planters. That's the good news. The bad news is, is that before your church becomes organized, you'll have at least three splits. That statistically actually works out. I went through two, <laughs> and they about killed me. <laughs> and by the time I figured out what's going on, I had prayed with lots of people. I'd made grown men cry. I cried with them. But you can't avoid the conflict. But there is a remedy to the conflict in prayer. Let me read this passage and see if this isn't ringing true a little bit for you. 
Understand that Paul is probably in Rome <clears throat> awaiting the Acts. He's concerned about the church in Philippi, Epaphroditus, Timothy, I believe Titus, and Luke. It might have been Luke's hometown. That's a pretty deep bench for a church planning team, don't you think? But listen to this. Therefore, my brother, whom I love and long for, my joy, my crown. Does it sound like he likes those folks? I think so. Stand firm in the Lord, my beloved. Here it comes. I urge Iodia and Syntyche to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, to help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel, together with Clement and the rest of the fellow workers whose names are written in the book of life. Iodia and Syntyche were part of his church planting team. And they were arguing, doesn't give us any horizons at all as to what they were arguing about. In fact, it doesn't matter. The fact that they were arguing and it was getting a bit much. How would you like to be a Yodia and Syntyche whose names are printed in the Bible for the rest of time? <laughs> you think, oh, I really messed up on that one, didn't you? Yodia uh, and Syntyche were arguing in a way that was splitting the church. But Paul doesn't say, get rid of them. Find some way to push them out the back door. He says, come alongside them. Help them. They were tireless in my efforts on church planting. I value these people. Come alongside them. Pray with them. Pray for them. And the reason I know that is the next verses. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say it, rejoice. Now, when you say something like that, coming from a Jew, it means lots. When you say it once, you're serious. When you say it twice, you're really serious. When you say it three times, it's off the chain. Think of Isaiah, holy, holy, holy. How holy is God? Off the chain holy. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say it, rejoice. Let your reasonableness, or the King James says, your forbearing spirit. Now, what's the difference between those words? We'll talk about it a little bit. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. Is your church known as a church that's conciliatory? You're patient with each other. Patient with each other's baggage. There will be all sorts of people that will come through your doors that have baggage. They've been hurt in a church. Uh, they've perhaps even found their way to you coming out of a cult. And there's lots of bumps and edges and things that need to be buffed out. Uh, can you be that forbearing kind of person that helps them? 
That's something to rejoice over. When people see that and smell that coming from you, they just want to find out, why are these people different? Because in my church, we're fighting all the time. In fact, in the church that I grew up, they just stopped. They just stopped having anything to do with any of them. They saw each other at work or something, and that was a totally different thing than going to church. And in church, they just went through the paces and left. It was dead. Nothing will kill a church faster than the in intra-church fighting that happens. But he says there's actually there's medicine for this. I'm part Native American, so when they say medicine, it means something a little bit different for me. <laughs> uh, you know, what ails you? <laughs> Even relationships can have good medicine. But uh, he says, don't be anxious about anything. Where do most of our fights come from in the church? It's our level of anxiety. Nobody's listening to me. I, I, I'm sure I've got this right, and no one's listening to me. Oh, this person that I thought was my friend, they believe something different than I was brought up with. Or, you know, I just don't think the pastor is the right pastor for us. Or, we should have more ministries to little kids than we have to adults. And, you know, all of them are good intention, well-intentioned dragons that kind of start to stir up. And it's based on the anxiety level that's inside people. Rather than a forbearing spirit, there's a spirit of anxiety. And he says, by no means. He uses it in a good Jewish way. He said, don't you ever. Quite literally means that. Don't you ever be anxious for anything. Why? I'll tell you in a second. But in everything, by prayer, we're coming, coming around to it, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So how does prayer with thanksgiving have anything to do with calming down the infighting in the church? I want to spend the remainder of our time talking about that. The word used here for anxious actually gets translated in other translations as caring. But it's an escalated caring. <laughs> when something matters too much to you, 
that it will violate your relationship with your brothers in Christ and create a poor testimony? Is it really that worth it? Is it really worth winning that argument? Don't be that way about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Meta Eucharistos. Anybody here formerly Catholic? You know what Eucharist means, don't you? It's the Thanksgiving meal. For what? For God's grace. Let me walk you over to the Latin dictionary. The word for grace, unfavored merit, getting what we don't deserve. Justice is getting what you do deserve. Right? Grace is getting what you don't deserve. And the Lord Jesus Christ saving you is something you don't deserve. What you deserve is go straight to hell, do not collect $200. Gratia is the Latin word for grace, isn't it? <laughs> she heard it probably all her life. Gratitude is what is birthed from gratia. It says by prayer with its supplication and thanksgiving. Okay, let's stop there for a little bit because there, there's something to be said about prayer in the Bible. What does the Lord Jesus tell us? When these good Jewish boys who went to synagogue every Saturday after three years with Jesus said, I think we don't know how to pray. You know, when you hear Jesus pray, it's like nothing we've ever heard. So they go to his master, teach us how to pray. Did that ever bother you when you read that? I thought, why are they asking him how to pray? They know how to pray. They grew up in the synagogue. He says, pray in this manner. Our Father, who's in heaven, he sits on the throne, holy is your name. Prayer brings us into the presence of God. And in the presence of God, humility grips us. Where else would a forbearing spirit come from? It says, now, you would know that they didn't call it the Lord's Prayer. They called it the Our Father. Now, the reason they called the Lord's Prayer the Our Father is because it's a very important word means daddy. Do you know you're allowed to call God daddy? Does that blow you away? <laughs> daddy, you sit on the throne. Your name is holy. When you can remember that first of all, it brings you to your knees. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's not my winning the argument. It's God humbling my spirit. Now, as we land here, we want to land the plane on with thanksgiving. Meta Eucharistos. It's hard to explain this, 
But thanksgiving, the gratitude attitude, accompanying asking. Seems weird because when I taught my kids, I said, when somebody gives something to you, you say thank you, right? What is, is it presumptuous to say thank you before you've even gotten the thing that you're anxious about? (laughs) Why do we say thank you to God when we present our supplications to Him? Because God loves to give to His kids. And even though there are things we would like to have, and God doesn't give those things to us, He will give us exactly what we need. And quite often, that's like out of left field. You know, I knew exactly who I wanted to be the church planter in Fremantle. And then he brought along Lee. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Lee was perfect. But it wasn't what I imagined. So many perfect things God gives to you that the things you're wanting to wrestle with within your church as you grow, the things you think are important, you can lay those aside and listen for the voice of God because sometimes He speaks through the gathering together. That's why we vote on things. That's why when you put things to the presbytery and say, this is a problem that we have, and the brothers gather around, we pray over that stuff a lot until we have a sense of God's pleasure. That's praying with thanksgiving. When you come to this benchmark, this high watermark, No, it's not the high watermark because you've got a lot of flooding to do in this community. Lots of work to do. But this benchmark in your life as a church, Thanksgiving is the thing that will help humble you. That gratitude attitude because gratia, the grace of God, begets gratitude. You're a new church, a growing church, a young church. And just as Paul writes to this young church, because they were all young. They were all young. By 64, they were all young churches. Less than 30 years old. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I'll say it. Rejoice. Let your forbearing spirit or reasonableness be known to everyone. Because the Lord is near. Now what do you suppose that means? Can anybody think of a verse? Where two or three are gathered together, there He is in your midst. Do you believe that? It's a promise. It's a promise of God's covenant. He said, I will be with you and I will be in you. Where's the kingdom of God? It's right here. It's right there. 
What are you going to show the people of your community? That's what you should celebrate. That's what you should track on as you go on. The gratitude attitude with thanksgiving. Let's pray. Father, there are so many things that we can learn out of this passage. So many things. We could talk about your name, Yahweh. The promise that's in that. The guarantee, the thing that calms the heart. But Father, we want to live in that gratitude attitude, the with thanksgiving. And we want to live in it because people are watching. There's a spotlight. And we want you to show up. And we don't want to get in the way of the light. Father, I pray your blessing upon these brothers and sisters as they move ahead. As they look behind and are thankful for what you've already done. And Father, count on you to build your church because you promised you would build your church. We give you thanks, we give you praise, and we lift these prayers up to you in Jesus' name. Amen.